welcome to Data Science Perspectives. This series focuses on analytics and data science professionals from across industry to learn about how their career unfolded, what skills they look for when hiring, and what trends they think are coming next. I'm your host, Bill Franks. Let's get to it. Well, welcome to this episode of Data Science Perspectives. Uh, today we have a treat. Uh, one of my uh, Atlanta-based analytics executives that I'm going to be featuring in the series. We have Russ Pierce, who's currently with uh, Intercontinental Hotels Group. He's worked with multiple well-known and large companies across a couple of industries. And I think you're going to find that even with the uh, deep level of experience that he has, he remains very approachable uh, and very humble. And I, I think you'll learn a lot from his perspectives. He started his career with uh, McKinsey Consulting uh, in the management consulting space. And from there, he moved on to spend 10 years with AT&T Mobility in various roles tied to marketing and big data. Uh, he then went to Delta Airlines, uh, also here in Atlanta, where he worked in uh, a couple of roles over a decade in customer insights and analytics. And then more recently, he came to Intercontinental Hotels. Here he's uh, focused as the VP of Marketing of, of Effectiveness. And for those of you who might not be familiar with uh, Intercontinental Hotels Group or, or IHG as it's known, they're actually one of the biggest hotel uh, conglomerates in the world. Some of their brands include Intercontinental Hotels, Kimpton, Holiday Inn, Crown Plaza, Staybridge, Staybridge Suites, Candlewood Suites, and more. So you're certainly very familiar with their uh, you know, thousands of properties across the country. And so with that, let's welcome Russ to the show. Hey, Russ, well, thanks for joining me today for Data Science Perspectives. Uh, I'm really excited to hear some of uh, the answers you'll have uh, as we talk because you have a, a diverse background beyond uh, most. I mean, you've done consulting, you've done at McKinsey, you've been at AT&T, you've been mm -hmm. at Delta, you've been at Intercontinental Hotels. So uh, how much have you found your skills and experiences have been able to transfer as you've, as you've switched from industry to industry? Uh, remarkably, they've transferred really well. Uh, I think the skills are highly transferable. What's different, obviously, is industry context and the nature of the problems you're solving. Um, in my mind, I think each time I've had a different uh, step in my career, I've learned a new layer. Uh, and I think as you go back, you know, I, I think the McKenzie kind of mo model is really around learning how to influence people, which has proved invaluable as far as applying analytics uh, in the, my later industries. Uh, from AT&T to, to Delta to IHG. Interestingly, I was always staying in the marketing side, so working on business to consumer primarily. So that dynamic of understanding limited information, how do you ultimately drive results and make it measurable? Um, it's really consistent, actually. Uh, what's different, of course, like I said, is the economics are different, uh, the terms are different, the acronyms are different, um, but the skills are highly transferable. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you've kind of gone one, but the one path is you pick an area like marketing and then transfer that across industries. And then sometimes people will flip that and, and pick an organization and get super deep within that organization across multiple aspects. So um, it's definitely, definitely multiple paths. I, I think you hinted at this already in your, in your first answer. Uh, but what, what, are, what are the skills and traits that you think have most helped you to be successful in your career in analytics? Honestly, it started my previous background was I was uh, an engineer. So I started my career as an engineer. And uh, the key to engineering is you learn problem solving. Um, and in my mind, that is the key to doing good analytics is defining a problem well. 
um, understanding the nature of the data you have, understanding what you don't know, and understanding uh, what you're trying to solve for. Um, and I think, obviously, when I was an engineer, I was solving mechanical problems, completely not transferable at all, right? Completely different skill set. But just how do you structure the problem is really the power there. Um, and then from, um, obviously, I was blessed to have a chance to work in McKinsey for several years. And uh, I didn't appreciate how much I was learning when I was there as far as being able to jump into a problem with knowing very little, frankly, and uh, being able to establish credibility and work with uh, experts in the area to draw out the insights. And I think that was, uh, again, something that's been hugely powerful and hugely valuable in my later stage of my career. It's interesting. I, the, when I talk to executives like yourself, and, and, I, and you know, I think my own background, I'd make the same claim, which is that uh, folks would inherently think we'd talk about some of our technical abilities as the primary driver of what helped us succeed. And in fact, uh, you know, like, like you, a lot of people uh, go to other things like the problem solving and uh, the framing of, of issues. Um, speaking of that, I know in marketing, it, uh, context can be really important. How, how have you seen that play out, especially as you've worked across the different industries, that importance of context within marketing? It is um, critical, right? So I think the understanding what's going on in, this, in the environment right now, I mean, obviously we're in the midst of a pandemic, right? So that is a huge contextual element um, and no marketing that, you know, for our industry and hotels, um, you can do the best marketing in the world. If you don't understand the environment in which you're operating, um, you might draw the wrong conclusions. You might conclude that your creative isn't effective or the message isn't resonating. When in reality, the demand isn't there. So understanding what's going on in um, the environment in which you're operating is critical in marketing. Um, and the other, I think that is the, uh, it's fundamentally key. I think I've seen a lot of people um, see a lot of correlations and assume causation when in fact there were external externalities that were driving a result. And uh, you have to really understand the full environment in which you're operating to uh, really ensure you're not drawing the wrong conclusion. Hmm. It's interesting, you know, when you're trying to draw those conclusions, I know, um, uh, particularly with the students I work with now in school, uh, you know, they're used to seeing really perfect data for their problems and expecting really high uh, accuracy in their models. I know in marketing, of course, you have incomplete data, it can be messy, it might even have flat out errors. Um, how, how have you learned to deal with that? Uh, it's, you know, all hands on deck, honestly. I think the first thing, obviously, as any data science should, um, you have to clean the data as well as you can, right? You want to make sure you fix any issues, identify any problems you might have because it is pervasive. Uh, you're dealing with lots of incomplete data or questionable sources, perhaps. Um, but beyond that, I, I think it's also to recognize the limitations and recognize in marketing, your, our job in marketing analytics is to inform a decision and to drive a better decision and recognizing in the absence of our guidance, they're going to make a decision anyway. So really what we want to get to is can we get the best understanding of the truth that we can provide appropriate caveats and drive to a quick conclusion. Um, and the other piece that we really focus on, and this is becoming even more important over time, is not just um, taking the data that comes to you naturally and assuming that everything's going to be a natural experiment. We really have to actually create experiments to control for those things. So uh, in the current environment, it is all about test and learn. So if we can actually set up a controlled test where the only change is our marketing treatment, then we feel can, can feel very good about the results we find. Um, and I think that's as we've matured as an organization and as 
Um, changes on digital environment, you know, have certainly made a lot of uh, measurements questionable. Um, that discipline of test and learn is key. But the challenge there, of course, is to test and learn, we have to be integrated with marketing, right? We have to actually be seeding that into everything we're doing. Uh, so we have to be an integral part of the planning, um, which typically the marketing organization isn't thinking about us up front when they're trying to get something out the door. And therefore, it really requires us to work closely and partner closely with our marketing teammates. Yeah, that brings up a great point, right? Uh, obviously, in your role, you've got to both get stakeholders engaged and get them to be comfortable taking action based on you know these various test and learn activities and other models that you're building. How, how have you found you've been able to make that actually happen? And I think key for us is to uh, speak in their language um, and talk in terms of impact, talk in terms of value and what opportunity they have to capture. Um, if we're all on the same side and we all want to win, uh, we all want to drive results for the company, um, the key is to kind of find that common understanding, recognizing they generally aren't to be going to be too concerned about our algorithms or the approach. They want to know what the value is. And starting with that, um, and then allow them to ask questions if they want to understand more. But it really comes down to understanding what matters to them and uh, framing the opportunity, you know, so it resonates with them. And I guess one of the things I'd kind of push into is one of the great things I love about being in industry is that you have a chance to establish credibility, right? So over time, if you've proven what you can do and you've proven the impact, that establishes that credibility, establishes an internal brand of sorts. Um, and that people will question your guidance less over time um, and you can move quickly. And I think that that's really valuable as well. Yeah, I think that's a really, a really critical point. Your, your resume or your official credentials, they give you maybe a starting point of credibility where people are willing to listen, but you don't actually have credibility until they've experienced some interactions with you and learned to actually trust you personally outside of whatever factors might be on your resume or your bio. So I think that, that's an important thing. Um, what, what's one thing that over the years you've come to wish someone had told you uh, before you started working a real job? Uh, for me, I think the most important thing it took time for me to learn was that people don't want to see your homework. Um, if you start with the approach, uh, you're going to typically lose people that aren't interested in the approach. Uh, usually as, as an analyst, you know, you're not talking to other analysts, you're talking to a stakeholder who wants the answer. Uh, and for us to, to start with the answer and why it matters, and then really only show how we got there if they're curious and want to understand better, or frankly, want to test your credibility. That's usually the dynamic, right? Is that they want to know what the answer is and say, okay, prove to me. How do you, how can you show that you know, that's the truth? And then you can show the approach. But um, as a younger analyst and as a younger engineer, I always wanted to show my work. I was very proud of my work, uh, understandably, um, but recognizing you're alienating people, right? They, they weren't interested in that. Yeah. It is it is hard to accept that people actually don't care about all this hard work that you did in the same in that they do care, but in a much different way than uh, than we care. So, you know, uh, you've given some insight into kind of how you go about things and how you succeeded. What are some of the core things you look for when you're hiring these days? So, I mean, to, to the point, the resume is important. I mean, to even have a conversation with somebody, I, I'm assuming they've done the work, they can do the work, um, and they can prove that they can have the technical skills. Um, for me, I look a lot more for communication skills. Can they communicate what they've learned um, in a way that's understandable for a stakeholder? 
Um, and, you know, frankly, are they curious? Um, that's something you can't coach. Uh, and I think some of the richest, most valuable insights are when somebody goes beyond the problem, right? They understand the nature of the problem that we have and they want to understand why and they want to dig in a little deeper. And that's when you get those really amazing gems that I can't direct somebody to go find, right? I, I want them to bring me things I don't know already. And, uh, and curiosity is invaluable. Uh, so in my mind, curiosity, communication skills are, are really, really sets a, you know, a strong analyst into a really somebody who can drive a lot of influence in the organization. Excellent. Yeah. And so as you think about students who are maybe getting ready to graduate and just about to start their career, what, what would be a little bit of advice you give them? What, what should they uh, look to do in their first couple of years on the job to lay, uh, to lay a good foundation for a, uh, a long career in analytics and data science? Uh, I would, obviously, it's about learning, and I think it's about um, understanding, as we said earlier, it's a lot about people. Uh, and obviously, as analysts, we like to get into the data, and by all means, that's where we're spending most of our time. Um, but recognizing if you're working in a industry uh, that needs to make money, <laughs> that needs to have results, um, you need to focus on those results and understanding how what you're doing drives results. And if you do so, you can get a lot more impact. Uh, and I guess for me, I think the uh, earlier in your career, you just want to be, you want to basically be learning, listening to as many people as you can, asking for advice. Uh, I think that's one thing that people probably don't do enough of because it looks like you are, uh, might not know things, right? You might be vulnerable. But the reality is people already know that you're young and you have a lot to learn. And to be open about that shows humility and ultimately gives you the chance to get a lot of growth and allows you to um, find champions, right? People who wanna support you and help you. Um, because I guarantee no matter how good you were in school, applied analytics is very different from what you're doing in school. Yeah, you raise a great point that, 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 that I think young folks need to take care of. You can't bluff your way, right? People who have been doing this for years, mm -hmm. they will know what you know and what you don't know. And they don't necessarily mean that in a negative way. They just know the limitations, what you've had an opportunity to learn and, and by, being open and honest about that, I think it, it helps uh, it helps everybody uh, get you to be effective uh, more more quickly. But if you're not willing to accept or admit uh, where you have things to learn, I think it, it, it will go poorly. Um, so maybe to wrap it up. It, ironically. Yeah, go ahead. I was saying, ironically, I think humility is actually a sign of strength, uh, I would argue. Right. So to recognize and be exposing what you don't know, I think, uh, reinforces your credibility. Well, I'll throw out, I'll bet you'll, you'll agree with this. In, in, in some ways, there's been so much change in the analytics and data science space in the last few years. I honestly feel like for everything I've learned over the years, I feel like I know less a percentage of everything uh, than ever because the, <laughs> the expansion of everything in the space has, has been so rapid over the last decade that, that no matter how much anybody knows, there's, there's even more that you don't know every single day, it seems. No, very true, very true. So maybe just to finish up here, uh, whether whether in your specific area of marketing or more generally in the space of data science, what, what's what's a, a, a key trend you think is going to really take off over the next couple of years? I think the big change we're going to see is um, algorithms are essentially commoditized. Uh, I think the, the tools are going to enable the less technical people to capitalize on those skills. Uh, so. I think a, an analyst needs, or a modeler or a data scientist needs to understand algorithms, but recognizing they're going to be har harnessing 
um, open source tools to build them for them. And instead of being a model developer, they're arguably kind of managing a portfolio um, and they need to kind of think about that full overall environment. Uh, so I think ultimately everybody is gonna be elevated to some level uh, to where they're really managing a larger portfolio as opposed to getting in the weeds and uh, rationalizing individual terms. I think for our industry, that's gonna be a big trend. Um, and I think, I guess further out, I, I wonder, which will be out beyond my career probably, but I wonder what happens in biosciences. I, I expect, looking at what we've done recently with COVID and mRNA vaccines um, and everything that's possible in that environment, um, it's gonna be groundbreaking, I think, where the world goes in the future and how ultimately technology integrates with biology. It's kind of scary perhaps, and maybe the thing of science fiction, but we're kind of there already. We're kind of on the cusp of that. Um, and if I were starting my career, I'd probably go more towards that. Um, for somebody who's er earlier in their career, uh, I think recognizing, capitalizing on the tools that allow you to uh, uh, leverage, you know, at scale automation, I, I think is, is very powerful. Well, hey, I want to thank you for your time today, Russ. This, this was great. I appreciate your insights and uh, we wish you well. I know uh, IHG is uh, one of the many companies trying to now dig out of this hole that uh, happened in the past year. And I'm sure your marketing analytics are going to play a big role in, in how to get all of your, uh, your customers re-engaged. So, so thank you for coming and, and good luck. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.